0: Hello, everyone. My name is Beryl, and welcome to my podcast, Creative Force. If this is your first time listening, it is good to have you with us. For everyone else, I'd like to welcome you back. I'm here to bring you creative people in all genres of art, crafts, culture, and and information about topics of interest. All of these things begin... With the Force of Creativity. my guests today are Lola Cooper and Cindy Calderon. Both of them are poets, and Lola is also a playwright. So they are collaborating in, in, in a way to create a new play. So what I would like you to do is, Lola, first tell us some of the things you've written in the name of your books and where we can purchase them. And then I'd like you do the same, Cindy.
1: Okay. I've written three books of po- poems. Um, poems for Us All, In Love with Mom, and A Fat Brown Cow. And I have a website called Something, the Number Four, dot com so something for us dot com and um I've been writing plays for I think about ten years. this old-fashioned girl is my third play, and all of the plays have been adapted from poetry books of poetry
0: okay so Cindy, please tell us about some of the books that you've written of poetry and how long you've been doing it, and if they can be purchased and where. And then I'd like you to go on to explain how you and Lola met. Okay, we'll start with that.
2: How we met? No, we're going to... Right. (laughs) Um, Spoken Word by Cindy is my very first book, my very first poetry book, which is a compilation of poetry that I've written over the years. I've written since I was a little girl. And oftentimes I just found myself writing, but never keeping the writings together in one place. So this is a very special book because this is the first time that I actually put all my writings, well, not all of them, but um, the majority of my writings together. All right. And when did you do that? Like what year? Um, it was actually, the book was completed, totally completed in 2014. However, I had some difficulties with my cover layout, so it wasn't actually fully complete and out for the public until 2017. And when did
0: you start compiling?
2: Um, actually... I started compiling my poetry, I would say somewhere around 2007, mm-hmm. um, just started saying, you know what, let me put them all together, because a lot of people were telling me, you know, you should write a book, you should put everything together. And as a poet, as a writer, you know, you just, I just write, I write a lot of, I write a lot, a lot in inspiration, a lot in impulse. so I can just grab a piece of paper and just write something right, down. Right, right. And um, so I started putting them together, um, keeping a folder in my um, computer. Right. And, then, and so, and
0: what what are the titles of the books?
2: No, it's just one book. It's oh, so just far. one book. Yeah, okay. it's one book so far. Uh-huh. Um, which is this book, Spoken Word by Cindy? Um, there's another book that's closely following it. It should be out um, early 2018, which is called "Sade in Poetry." You're very I'm ex- excited. Thank you. I'm very excited about that book too. <laughs> um, it in Poetry. That's right behind it. Um, I have a lot lot of other projects that I'm working on. Good, good. Yeah, I'm in the process.
0: So tell us a little bit about how you and Lola met and how this collaboration is working out and how did she decide what, and you can let us know, Lola, what poems of Cindy you
2: picked and why. Um, We're lifelong friends. I've known her, wow, over 30 years, I would say, and um, she, I always knew she was um, into the field of writing and poetry and plays. Um, it wasn't until about 2010 she had an a, um, open mind. And she invited me to was really phenomenal and we just collaborated. she got in contact with me and asked me if i would like to be a featured reader which i i was like taking aback. i was like really so um that was really a humbling experience because i became a featured reader which was so super awesome and where, where
0: was the open mic at
2: that was at a place on myrtle avenue called, at the time it was called cake joy it's been renamed the establishment has been renamed to um Brooklyn sweet spot. Brooklyn sweet spot. That's one of my yeah. favorite bakeries. Is it? Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> and um, I was a feature reader. That was really so nice because that was, um, as as a youth, I I I'm sorry.
1: And what about the women's shelter?
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that led. Exa- thank you. So um, <laughs> after being a feature reader there, she she asked me again, can I um, do something for Women's History Month? She had a um, event at a women's shelter, and that was really awesome. Okay. Um, she did some color schemes, which was really nice, like brown and pink type of thing. So it really had a really good theme, mm-hmm. and I was able to burst some pieces for that particular show. And the
0: shelter was in Brooklyn as it well? It was in
2: Brooklyn on Colton Avenue, Brooklyn okay. Community Community the Services.
1: Navy Green, something like that. Yeah. I think that's cool. yeah. mm-hmm.
2: So that was, that. thank you, it was really good. So um, from then... Um, we worked back and forth with one another. We did We did a soliloquy as well, actually. Mm-hmm. After that, we did something where we um, bounced off of each other. We had, um, she read it's a piece, I like read a it. piece. Right. That was really nice, too. So, yeah, we got some history in terms mm-hmm. of the poetry. And stuff. Like,
0: I, I've known Lola mm-hmm. for about maybe seven years now.
1: Or more. Or more.
0: <laughs> and I know her from um, a community center that people use to use their computers and their printers and other things like that, Yeah. But I never knew mm-hmm. that she had all of this talent, oh, in, immense talent. as a, as a as a poet and or a playwright. The so this is talent. this is like so enlightening to me mm-hmm. to to hear this other part of her life. You know, yeah. so so Lola, yes, could you tell us now mm-hmm. in reference to Sydney's um Cindy's poems, which in terms of what you chose and why you chose them.
1: Well, um, Cindy is um, very different from myself, and I'll put I'll say that first. She is, um, I'm thinking of compulsive writer. Mm-hmm. She writes, um, she's insatiable. She writes constantly, so she has so many poems. She, mm. she may have hundreds or thousands of m- poems, and I love all of her work, but there are certain pieces that just really struck me because um they're they're about the community, they're they're relatable, they're about family or they're they're just um they're just so phenomenal to me. So I chose first I had 13 and then I said no, 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 13 is too many because you need dialogue, you need development, you need the character development you you know that's too many you just you'll just be reading poetry so i cut it down to 11 and i'm working with 11 poems but there are poems called like the whiskey woman or um what's mr um mr hansen about mm-hmm. the the woman trying to get off from work and mr hansen he won't give her the time off and you know and um um help me out some of the (laughs) the names i'm trying to think of some of the names um i cried or fear Mm -hmm. there's one called fear i mean who doesn't have fear it's so relatable we all have fear we we get um um pushed down or or dismembered and we have to try to fight it and pick ourselves up so there was so many um, poems that was so powerful that I said, oh, I need to make a play out of <laughs> out right. of these poems. I need to do something with this material. I need to develop it because I wanted people to hear it, and I wanted them to enjoy it, and um, I'm sure that they will enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So, Cindy,
0: mm-hmm.
2: where do you get some of your ideas to in terms of writing your poetry? You know, I'm accessed so much, and I to be honest with you. I, I write off inspiration, honestly. Um, I can be in my car. And I like telling this story. I was in my car one day, and I parked my vehicle, and I wrote a poem about Starbucks. <laughs> and um, I just love that poem because I just really wrote the poem about Starbucks. And um, I was in Starbucks one day, and I said to the guy, I said, hurry up. I said, you take taking too long with my coffee. You guys got me writing poetry, and I got to wait for my coffee. He said, you write poetry? And I said, yeah, and I read the poem. And he was like, you know what? You get free coffee, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that was really, I love that poem stuff. It was very inspirational. <laughs> yeah, I thank you. <laughs> and so I I write honestly, impulsively. I, I think, like you all mentioned, I write very impulsively. Something can happen and that can affect me. You just take me. out
0: your pen and paper. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: and just write. So in
0: terms of your process, do you always just use paper and pen Or do you utilize a computer? Do you utilize something else, a tablet or whatever?
2: I do. Um, Actually, now that I have my phone, my phone is loaded with notes that has poetry that's going into saying in poetry. I just have to put everything together and push it to the publisher. But yeah, anywhere anywhere I am, like this morning I wrote a poem, this morning right off The back of my Mm -hmm. head. I just like writing poetry. It's funny that Lola mentioned that because I just honestly just write. So,
0: and you've been writing poetry since you were what age?
2: Oh my goodness, elementary school. Elementary Um, school. Yeah, elementary school. I started writing poetry. I just play with paper, write poetry. Um, Was there a
0: teacher that inspired you to write poetry? Like, how did you get into writing poetry?
2: Poetry I've always liked words. I've always loved wordplay. Wordplay is something. Conversation is something that always have got me. Wordplay is something that always got me um and it just it just actually just flowed. You know, some people ask me, how do you do that? And actually it just flowed. Okay. <laughs> it just comes, you know. But my seventh grade um library teacher notably, she's in um mentioned in my book. She um I was very um involved in library activities. Um I uh, was involved with this um, storytelling contest back then. They had that where students would compete, and um, you have to remember the, the, the story. And she was very inspirational to me. I would love to reach back one day and say thank you, but I, I have to say in terms of um, educational um, motivation, I would say it was her.
0: Okay. And what was her name?
2: Miss Eleanor Williams, actually, and she
0: was a librarian.
2: At yes, at Susan B. McKinney Junior School. So, in case she's
0: listening, she may have a oh. chance to, you know, you might have a chance yeah. to reunite.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, what was an early experience where you learned language had power?
2: Um, I probably, the earliest experience, I probably would most likely go back to my junior high school years. Um, I was on a drama team um, when I entered into junior high school, and I was so nervous. And I was asked to come up on the stage and just read, and I said, you know what, Cindy, just wing it. And I did, and I had to articulate myself, and I was like, you know what, just wing it. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) And everybody was like, oh my goodness, she's so polished. But um, I think that's probably when I realized words had some serious power behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah.
0: And in reference to what do you want the world to know about you?
2: Um... Besides the fact that I pride myself on being extremely strong, I'm I'm, I'm a very positive person. I love positivity. I'm I'm really connected to positive sources. Um, I I want them to know that I'm I'm a believer. I'm a dreamer. So I actually see things happen. You know, I can actually, I believe it. It can happen. I'm a a huge motivator and encourager. Um, I'm just the opposite of what people see. Sometimes they look at me and I, I get a little...
0: I hear you. No, don't <laughs> look at me, but. Well, and tell us why? Why isn't
2: why is poetry important? Poetry is very important because poetry allows the person to be free. I have short poems. I have long poems. I have poems that tell stories. I have poems that might not make any sense to anybody else, but it makes sense to me. Poetry it's it's a, it's a freedom of speech in a very unique kind of way. For a person, because poetry, a lot of people think poetry, they think rhythmic, but it is not. As we know, There's so many different types of poetry. Poetry can also, it it's a it's an angle of language that can make a point very quickly. You know, um, I have a poem that. Do you mind if I say it? It's very short. Yeah, go ahead. And um, it's called um, Two Faces, actually. And this poem, believe it or not, catches a lot of people. And it's just about, you know, being tangled between the love of two people. And it's just, I love you, but I love you too. I want you, but I want you too. I need you, but I need you too. There's nothing else left for me to do but to choose. But how do I choose when I love the two? Nice, very you. nice.
0: And you know, and I find poetry is one of one part of the. I'm not going to just say English language because there's poetry mm-hmm. in all languages, mm-hmm. but that can create an emotion very quickly. Absolutely. You know, it can make you happy or sad, or leave you in a conundrum like, what the hell? You know, so um, I can appreciate that. And that was a very sweet poem. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. What is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice?
2: Well, that's a very interesting question. Um, my speaking voice has no choice but to be patient, to be collected, I have to think before I speak. My written voice um, has a flow of its own. My written voice takes on a lot of different meanings. My um, written voice is just like this book says, Spoken Word by Cindy. So whatever the spoken word is that comes out my mind, that's my written voice. And I can just, you know, um, I I actually hosted my very first open mic uh, about in August. And prior to getting there, I had a huge situation at my job at the moment, and it took a lot out of me. And I'm thinking, I got to be sent to stage in five minutes. How am I going to do this? And in my car, I wrote a piece. And I got to the spoken word, and I just said to the crowd, I said, listen, I said, um, I don't, I'm not even prepared. But what I did was just wrote a poem in a car, and I'm going to start out with that. And the poem was just about what I had just went through. Right, right. <laughs> but it was my spoken word, and I was able to really just come out blazing and say what I wanted to say within that piece where probably my, my, um, I'm sorry, that was my written word, but right. I spoke it. Yes. But I, other than that, I would have had to be more calculated, more thoughtful about the words that I chose. Mm-hmm. But when you're using poetry or you're using a spoken word, you're just going with it. You're in a whole other character,
0: right? What What I've been telling people in interviewing them <clears throat> is personally, besides this, um, the media of podcasting and filming and documentaries, I was first a visual artist, mm-hmm. and sometimes when I would be creating a piece, it seemed like the Holy Spirit took my body over. And I was just a carrier to create this piece. Oftentimes, when I finished it, I would the next day I would look at it and say, "Did I do that?" You know, because it's an it's like almost an out of body experience. I can relate. Mm-hmm. You know, unless somebody is, I believe, an artist in in any of the genres of art, they can understand it if if they're part of that. But if you're not. I don't know if, if the same thing would come come through if you're a mathematician or, you know, um, a calculus person or mm. something like that. So, uh, well, now back to you. <laughs> what is the most difficult part of your artistic uh, process?
2: Um... The most difficult part about it probably would be <laughs> once I um scribble something down on paper, forcing myself to actually type it out. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. probably the most difficult. Part. <laughs> <laughs> or when I put it, you know, to get it together, you know. I'm I'm actually spanking myself daily about getting saying the poetry. I say in poetry is so ready and it's just every day I'm just dragging my feet. So that's probably the most difficult part of it all.
0: Well, I was wondering if you'd like to read um, something or a few of the poems that are part of the play.
2: Oh, sure.
0: Okay, so, Cindy, why don't you read a few of the um, poems you have from your book?
2: Okay. All right? Okay, so I'll start out with Old Fashioned Kind of Girl, which is actually the poem that um, Lola has made her play Old Fashioned Girl from. Um, so I'm still that old-fashioned kind of girl. I still feel girls should wear curls. I still think summer should be long. Still think you should pull up that thong. Pants should be pulled up. Vicious gangs shouldn't exist. I mean, am I crazy? Is there something I missed? I still believe in home-cooked meals. I still think on Sundays we should rep them hills. I still believe in the husband and the wife. I still believe kids should be tucked in at night. Whatever happened to the switch and the rod? Since when we stopped cooking chicken with lard, I love back in the day. You know, the press and the curls. I still believe in the old-fashioned world. Candy stores and parks and double-dutch ropes. Good old-fashioned neighborhoods like Fort Greene and Park Slope. Remember when neighbors said good morning to you and the days when what you wear didn't have to be new? The Kojak, the soap opera kind of days, the ones when friends would stop by for some spades, the teachers played their parts not different from your parents, and crimes that were committed were much more transparent? Yeah, them days, them old-fashioned days, how I wish those days could be replayed. I had no choice but to change with this world, but I sure miss being an old-fashioned kind of girl. Very nice. Thank,
0: <laughs> Thank you. you so much. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you. All right, so go ahead. So we're going to read ah, Fear. And all of these are in the play. These are in the play. Okay, great. Yes. All
1: right, <laughs> let's hear it.
2: Fear. Fear. Leave me alone. All you want to do is bring me down, down, down disseminate my inner strength, make me feel I am not worth it, isolate and captivate my mind you try to deactivate, but I see you trying to creep up beside me and whisper in my ear, trying to disguise yourself, trying to make me fear. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? I'm stronger than that. Your tactic? Absurd. It's like old politics, the strong versus the weak, the struggle with fear I am destined to defeat. I won't be broken. I believe in myself. If I succumb to fear, what else will be left? My generations I see from afar. For all of them, I must set the bar. So listen up, fear. Just leave me alone. I'm destined for success. It's deep in my bones. So take your negative and your misleading tone and fear. Oh, fear. Just leave me alone. Nice. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>
0: and these are things that everyone can relate to. Oh, thank so you. So emotionally.
2: Give us one more. Okay. And then we're going to hear from Lola. Okay. Um, this one is called The Whiskey Woman. And this this, this poem um, was actually written um, d- direct inspiration. Like I had a situation where I met someone, and um, she inspired me through something that she had went through. And as I was talking to her, I said to her, you know, I said you wouldn't you wouldn't understand what I'm saying, but a lot of people would want to be you. And I sat right outside at that very moment and wrote the poem. And it's actually been one of my uh, most requested poems when I when I do public well, readings, people give remember it. <laughs> <us, please.
1: laughs> it's
2: called The Whiskey Woman. <clears throat> what if I was her? The Whiskey Woman, the woman with the built-in shot glass. The one with the chaser in the cup? I would turn up. (laughs) That bottle of Jack Daniels, that is. Burping and slurping my way through life. Living in the pee part of the local drunk saying hi to everyone who passed me. They know me and I know them. I'm the neighborhood whiskey woman. Street knowledge certified. Bloodshot eyes and a liver full of holes. But I got a heart of gold. wittin' her to fly. I'll drink whiskey to the day I die. You can't hate me. You want to be me, but you can't. You got too much pride to live life outside. Shame written on your shoulder. Your mama probably told you, don't be like the whiskey woman. Keep your business out the street. Act decently. After all, you is a lady. But mama, what's that smell is what you would yell as mama took a swig and hid it under her wig and said, child. That's my medicine. It's hard to cope. Your daddy ain't no joke the way he cheats on me with the lady up the street. This my feel-good juice. Makes me feel real loose, like I can glide through life. Hide behind pain, erase all the shame. Mama, you's a whiskey woman. Makes no difference which way the bottle is spent. You got the same dress, you just can't confess. Yours is in the dark, hers in the light. You drink early, she drinks at night. Pointing fingers, but some pointing back at you. Mama... Is this what you do? you know better than a chick who hang with five men. Y'all both need hope, a way to cope from that whiskey. Evidently, with each swallow, there's masked pain. But it all remains the same. There is no difference in time spent. Yes, fingers pointed back at you, judging the things you do. The whiskey woman, the inner blueprint, the sins we commit, the mirror we see when our hearts start to bleed. The Whiskey Woman, our personal checkpoint. Judge not, judge not the image on the outside if it's the image on our insides. Reflect and check what you do. The Whiskey Woman could be you. Very nice. Very,
0: very nice. <laughs> Thank you. Let me just share something with you. It's, Thank you. it's so funny. I said this earlier today. Um, I've been having interviews with all writers and short stories, poetry, and everything. What happens is is that that story there takes me back to my childhood. I was actually a teenager, and I had an uncle on my mother's side, and I was very close to my grandmother, was her brother, who used to come by, and she would have him do little things around the house, wash the windows, the blinds the outside, water the garden. And I remember her telling me that he was a little different than my other uncles. However, he was her favorite brother because he had such a kind, good heart and would do anything for you. So, sure enough, I was walking down the street one day. My whole family lived on different blocks within maybe a six-block radius. So I was walking down the street, New Lots Avenue, in fact, in East New York, with my boyfriend. And my uncle was outside with a group of men, and they were all what we used to call back then, winos. Mm-hmm. And my, um, I said to my boyfriend, there goes my Uncle Bub. He said, Beryl, stop lying, that ain't your uncle. I said, I'm telling you, that's my Uncle Bub. So he said, yeah, right, sure, sure. So we're walking, walking. Finally, we get up to the corner where he was. And I said, Uncle Bob. And he said, hi, sweetie, how are you? And how's your grandmother? So it shut my boyfriend right up. And it just goes to show you, although he had this preconceived notion of me and my family, when we had somebody who was a wino, but he was the sweetest man you would ever know. And I would never not speak to him because he was in that condition, or getting to that condition and hanging out with other winos. So I just wanted to say that that nice so story. many, yes, yeah, so many things that I've read or heard this week just, you know, bring back memories of my own. And when you can do that as a writer, To me, that's what success is. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. So now we're going to go to Lola, and um, so Lola, as we as we had spoken early on in the interview, you're the playwright, and you're bringing Cindy's poems to life in a play. So could you just give us a little bit about who the characters are and what's the general idea of the play?
1: Okay, so the poems are going to be the driving force that tell the story. The characters are named them Dee Dee and Debbie because they grew up together and they're like twins, even though they're opposite twins. Um, Debbie is more... Studious and Dee is more party-oriented. But they were friends since they were 15, and betrayal broke them apart when they were about 24 years old. So they've been separated for 15 years, and when they meet, they realize that they had a lot in common that they never disclosed to one another growing up. So the same fears, the same struggles... Um, actually fear was like a catalyst for them because they realized that they both hid, you know, their fears from each other. So their relationship, although they were very close and and always with each other, it was kind of surface. It wasn't really as deep as they thought it was. And so they try to rekindle everything. And Everything seems like it's going good, but there's some bumps that um, come up, and there's there's secrets. There's a lot of secrets that get um, uncovered throughout the, the play. So the first part is very dramatic, and the second half, we get into a lot of lightheartedness and comedy. And then at the don't end, give
0: away the yeah, ending. Yeah, it,
1: I'm not going to give okay. the ending. <laughs> but at the end, I was going to say we we just find out some things that we didn't expect.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah. So, um, what ha- in 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 creating this play, um, the the um, a- adaptation of Cindy's poems, what has been the most difficult thing to do?
1: Very good question because I've written two plays, but they were prior to this one, they were based on my own work, my own poems. So I knew the work. I kinda could already envision the characters. I knew what they they might look like or feel like or whatever. Or what what their struggles or what their joys might be. And me working with a uh, artist, um work that you know i'm like i'm getting into her head now i'm 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 living through her experience and i'm like okay you know what what do i do with this what do i do so it was it was very challenging but it was exciting at the same time because i found that i really was pushing myself you know because now i have to integrate all of this material that i'm not as readily familiar with and even collaborating with someone was a challenge. That was my first hurdle because I I had told her a while ago that I liked her, her work and I selected certain pieces that I really wanted to see um, visualized or heard and, and, and acted out. But I didn't know if she was going to give me permission, and you know, and I didn't know how she was going to feel about it. You know, somebody handling your material? Mm -hmm. Because I don't even know how I would feel about it. And she was much more gracious than I said I probably would be. Yeah, because
0: when you (laughs) create something, it's almost like giving birth. Yes. You know, so you're very um, possessive of even how people may take the reading of it. Yes. If they don't take it the same way you intended
1: yeah, you can be territorial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and and I analyzed it, and I said, wow, this girl is really gracious. She's, <laughs> she's really free to say because <laughs> she just said, oh, go ahead. Go for it. Go for but it. But that's
0: also, too, because you guys have known each other so long, there's a certain amount of trust Absolutely. anyway. You Absolutely. know, So that helped. You know, yeah. Somebody, yeah. If a stranger came yeah. to her, I'm sure that it may not have been the same way.
1: But still, mm-hmm. yeah, no, no, I I, I, it. I I never worked with her. I mean, I've known her, but I didn't work with her in that capacity. Yes, to ask of course, for her work. I <laughs> so I was I like, understand. okay. So when we got over that, you know, I went to her and I had such a good reception. And then I kept waiting for, okay, is the ball going to drop? You know, is this going to continue? So that was a lot of anxiety. And we met, and then we just ironed everything out and put everything down and, you know, hammered it out and stuff. And then I felt the a, a freedom and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go for it because I'm excited about the work. I'm excited about the characters. I love the material and, you know, the cast has really been taken to it. I've seen, I'm seeing them flesh it out and, you know, I said I'm going for it and we're going to have a good ride with this.
0: Just tell me one other thing. How did you come to the names of the characters?
1: Well, I wanted something cute. I wanted something easy. Um, And I don't even really know if I thought about it like that. It was just, they just came to me, Dee Dee Debbie. Mm -hmm. And then when they came to me, I'm like, yeah, something cute, something simple. Right. Something that kind of matches, something that may strike with the audience, (laughs) something that'll be maybe they'll relate, it'll be easy for them to remember these two girls. Right.
0: One other question um, in terms of the um, stage, do you have an idea or you, have you already decided what the components will be to make up the the background of where these characters are placed? Like, yes. is it interior? Is it outside? Is it in the street? Is mm-hmm. it in the city? Where? Like,
1: what? So it starts off is at Debbie's house, you know, in her fabulous apartment in her living room. And um, the next scene, they're still with they're in Debbie's house. Dee Dee's visiting. And then the last scene, they'll be in a public place, like um, a restaurant or a club, a, a restaurant club. They'll be out and, you know, having an evening out. That's the last scene. Okay, all right Mm -hmm.
0: sounds very interesting so before we end our session here if you could please give us the title of the play when and the time length of where you can see it and um what else that's uh, yeah that's it and and i guess anywhere else they can find it online the information about it
1: okay So the title of the play is Old Fashioned Girl by Lola Cooper. And um, it's going to be showcased at Art New York, which is 138 South Oxford Street in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. Um, Art New York, South Oxford Street. And um, I'm going to be, you know, personally, well, we're going to be doing hand tickets or hard copy tickets and also online at Brown Paper Brown Paper Bag Tickets, I think it's called um, Brown Paper Tickets, um, and also the website. They could reach out to me, somethingforus.com dot com, or my email address.
0: And I'd like to suggest perhaps you might also want to do Eventbrite, okay, and then post it on both your Facebook pages and/or Instagram,
1: right? Yeah. so you get Facebook.
0: most bang for your buck. Yes Well, I want to thank both thank of your you thank ladies you. for being my guest <laughs> today. Um, I enjoyed the poetry of thank both you. of you and, um, and the short stories. so I'm looking forward to seeing the play and I will try and promote it as well. So just send me the information. Meanwhile, to the audience, thank you for joining us at Creative Force Podcast. And I hope you come back <laughs> and ciao. Good
2: night, good night. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Creative Force. If you like what you hear, I would love it if you have a moment to head over to soundcloud.com/befreebk/Creative Force. Give us a review or a rating. It really helps other folks to find the podcast. Thanks for listening and chat with you soon. Ciao.